what's going on? What's wrong? Oh, Professor Dumbledore, whatever that kind of a name is, wants us to report on our gifts. But I don't know my gift. Our gifts? Yeah, you know, like our spiritual gifts. Oh, you mean like the ability to mind read? No, like the ones that God gives us. You mean like breathing? No. Christmas presents? No. What do you mean? Like the gifts God gives us that makes us really good at stuff. Oh, you're really good at belching, is that what you mean? No. Oh, you mean because all the girls like you. No. I guess I don't care either. Maybe we should pay more attention when class starts. Hey Olive Branch, this is Nicholas. So today we're going to be talking about service gifts and this is all part of our gift ed series. So let's get right into it. Um, I want to tell you a little bit about someone that I'm really into. I love C.S. Lewis and so if you don't know who C.S. Lewis is, C.S. Lewis in his day he wrote uh, Chronicles of Narnia. You might know him from that. He was also a Christian apologist. He was a very, very smart guy and C.S. Lewis uh, I heard this story about him that he had two really good friends. With those two really good friends, one of them, friend A, let's call him, friend A had passed away. And so what C.S. Lewis thought was maybe since friend A has passed away, maybe me and friend B would be even closer because there's not somebody else kind of taking time from me and friend B. And so what C.S. Lewis found out or what he discovered was there were certain things in friend B that only friend A can bring out. So he's actually, uh, there was less of that friendship that was there before when there were three of them than with the two. And it's an interesting thing. You know, sometimes we might think that we're the only ones who are missing out when we're not at church, when in fact everyone else is missing out on everything that you have to offer when you're not there. And I'll give you another example. You know, Pastor Greg, uh, he does his weekly messages and and so what I do I'm actually part of his team that we all meet together and we all talk about his sermons before he preaches them which is a cool opportunity because he gets to maybe see some of the things that he hadn't thought about before and each one of us like myself and Brent and Justin and all the guys that are that are in that meeting we all have something unique a different perspective that we offer in that meeting and so every one of us fills a unique role and a unique and important role. And that's so true of us in the church. Every one of us fills a unique and important role in the church. And so today when we're talking about our roles, we're going to talk about gifts as far as service gifts. What are service gifts? Let's simplify this. We're going to break it down into three simple categories. And those categories are leadership gifts, care gifts, and practical gifts. So we're going to go through and let's start off with leadership gifts. So when we talk about leadership gifts, what we're talking about are uh, the leadership, pastoring, administration, and apostleship. So let's start with leadership. A leader is someone who creates zeal or moves others to action. This is probably really obvious, but let's just state it to be sure we're on the same page. A leader is someone who is followed. As simple as it gets right there. If someone follows you, you're a leader. 
A small group with this leader, someone with this leadership gift, a small group without you might have trouble staying on track. They might struggle to be motivated toward action. Um, they might even compete for power between each other if a clear leader is not present. So you can see a leader is an important and vital part of a small group. Now let's, uh, because some of these are pretty close together, there, there's some overlap with a lot of these gifts and we'll see that more and more as we go and look at all these. Let's contrast this idea of a leader, the leadership gift, with the administration gift. The gift of administration, we often connect admin and leadership, but there are some differences. So someone with a gift of administration might lead a small group through organization. You might be the person who organizes information. Maybe you're really organized, and so you, you help others stay organized. Uh, you might divide the needs. Maybe there are certain needs in your small group. Maybe someone this week brings uh, food and then next week another person or whatever those needs, you know your small groups, whatever those needs might be, this person might organize and divide those out. But the leader is the one who actually delegates. They, they are the ones who maybe assign people to those needs or at the very least they are the ones that move people or motivate people to action. So there's a slight nuance there where those are a little bit different. So that's the administration. When the gift of admin is seen, there is organization, there's clarity, there's order, and perhaps even a little bit of delegation. They might uh, delegate through providing the different roles among the small group. So in a small group, there might be someone who organizes everyone's contact info, manages plans, right? Who, who you're, uh, whose house you're meeting at, all that kind of stuff. That would be the administration. They might create the what to do's, but they might not be the leader who moves people into doing the what to do's. And then after leadership, we talked about administration, let's also talk about pastoring. So pastoring, it, think of the shepherd. So if you know the biblical understanding of a shepherd, what that looks like is really, we might describe this in a small group as we might reduce this to discipleship that might be the easiest way to understand it is the shepherd that disciples. Here's, here's kind of how I would look at this. In a small group, you might be the person that takes somebody under your wing and helps them to grow as a follower of Christ. And so that would be kind of like the pastor role. In the small group, you might have someone who has something of a pastoral gift. Now here's the tricky one. Here's the one where we can have a ton of arguments. We can get um, way off topic. Let's talk about apostleship, the gift of apostleship. This is argued by theologians, so if you're a theologian, hold on before we argue. Let's just uh, make some things really cl clear. Here's our simple definition of, of uh, apostleship, the gift of apostleship. It's ministering across borders. That's a simple definition that we're going to use for this. And what do I mean by borders? We could talk about physical borders, like nations, states, etc. We could talk about cultural borders, which might be um, age or generation differences, maybe uh, wealth differences, there are other cultural, and then uh, we might maybe even be talking about language barriers. So an apostle or someone with the gift of apostleship is someone who breaks those barriers or goes outside, uh, enters or crosses those barriers. Church planters and missionaries 
are, are in this category. A church planter is someone who goes and plants a church somewhere. They're going into that area or they're breaking that barrier to go in there and, uh, and plant a church. That would be like an apostleship. So in your small group, what would this look like? In your small group, it might be the person who connects to the people that others have a hard time connecting with. Maybe there's a barrier there. Maybe there's like a social barrier or something like that. This would be the person who can actually break that barrier and connect with the person that maybe others have a harder time connecting with. Or this might be the person who branches out from your small group to start their other small group with a new group of people. Now, when I say apostle, I want to clarify again, there is big A apostle and there's small A apostle. So what's the difference? A big A apostle is an office, right? This was a specific office for a specific time and a specific purpose in history. We know these ones as, let's say, uh, Peter, John, Paul. They were apostles, capital A, big A. There are also apostles, and you can even see this in the Bible, people who were sent out that are small a. They don't have the office of apostle, but we would say they have the gift of apostleship. So Paul an apostle had the office with the unique authority for the specifics of that time and that calling. Barnabas, our friend Barney, he was an apostle, a missionary. Barnabas was a missionary. He didn't have the same kind of apostleship or authority that Paul had. There was a difference there. And I think Pastor Greg already covered this, but the word that's translated in, in the Latin from the Greek word is actually missionario. So that's where we get the word missionary. That's what we're talking about with apostle. In fact, here's the Greek word. Let's go through this. The Greek word for apostle is just apostolos. No one would have seen that one coming, but it looks a whole lot like what we say is apostle. And that is one who is sent out, or it could be a messenger or an envoy. Someone who is sent with a message, someone who is sent with a purpose. That's our definition for apostle. And so, and that could be anyone who has that gift and that call. This is the reason why I'm using small groups, actually. I'm using small groups with a specific purpose because uh, in my examples, I'm not trying to give examples here at the church because I think when we think of gifts in the church, we might get a little bit confused and think too much into the uh, offices and not as much into the gifts. There is a difference between the office and the gift, and I wanna make that very, very clear. So remember I talked a little bit about the pastoral uh, gift. The pastoral gift doesn't necessarily mean you have the office of pastor. So if you have the pastoral gift, I don't think you should go out and buy gift cards saying, pastor, your name. I don't think that would be a wise thing. That would probably be trying to give yourself an office you don't have. You can have the pastoral gift without having the office of pastor. And the gift of apostleship doesn't mean you're apostle like Peter, Paul, John, or the other guys. I wouldn't go and say, um, you know, you have this authority. It, that might not go well for you. I don't think that would be a wise thing to do. You, you could have the gift of apostleship without having the office. Well, let's talk about the care gifts. The next group of gifts is the care gifts. So we have mercy, giving, hospitality, and encourager. Now here's something that gets really tricky, especially when we're looking at some of these, like giving and hospitality, it gets really tricky on trying to decide when is it a, an ability or a talent 
versus a spiritual gift. Now it gets tricky. It can be incredibly complicated to decide between when it's a spiritual gift and a talent or ability. So here's our definition that we've been working through through this series. A spiritual gift is what the Spirit does through you, beyond you, and for the church. I'll repeat that one more time. A spiritual gift is what the Spirit does through you, beyond you, and for the church. And I'm going to break down beyond you for a second. When I say beyond you, what I mean is uh, really two meanings here. The result of this gift is being used possibly beyond my capacity or ability. So it's what God's doing even beyond what you are capable of apart from God. Okay, so that could mean beyond you in that way. The other way is the outcome of the use of the gift benefits something or someone beyond you. The goal of using a spiritual gift, the outcome of using a spiritual gift is not for you, it's for others. Okay, so it needs to go beyond you. It can go to the glory of God, which in every case it should and will, or it could go to the building up of the church, which still gives glory to God. So when we're talking about gifts, we want to make sure that it's something the Spirit does through you, beyond you, and for the church. So I'm going to go back to these slides so you can see these as I break these down. So let's talk about mercy, right? If you have the gift of mercy, you have a great sense of joy or distress with others. You can share in great joy or distress with others. You might feel as they feel. So when we're talking about mercy, uh, I have a saying, strike first, strike hard, no mercy. Okay, obviously I'm talking about Cobra Kai. When it comes to mercy, I'm Cobra Kai. I, have, I do not have this gift. I don't have the feels. I'm not an emotional person at all. I don't have feelings, basically. I'm like a rock. Okay, so I am Cobra Kai when it comes to this. Uh, so me trying to put a definition could be a little bit of a challenge. When I try to show mercy to others, they probably actually feel worse. But some of you, when you show mercy to someone, it, it, they just have this joy and a comfort, even in their worst times. You might have the gift of mercy if that's what happens to you. Or perhaps you're just really good at being present in, in times where people need the support. If your gift is mercy, if it is mercy, then do it cheerfully is what the Bible says. If your gift is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So I'm going to assume here, because I don't have this gift, I'm going to assume that this doesn't mean you're going to go in like a high school football coach and uh, do like a halftime rally and just cheerfully rally the troops and get everybody crazy. All right, I'm more like Cobra Kai again, no mercy. But maybe, maybe that's exactly what you do actually. <laughs> maybe you actually go in just like a high school football coach and just rally people. I don't know. Um, but, but the thing is, is whatever, whenever you're showing mercy, people are positively impacted. You're raising people up, you're building people up. And if you have this, this gift, it's a, it's a fantastic gift for you to use. Speaking of gifts I don't have, let's talk about giving. So uh, my wife has this joke. She picks on me pretty much nonstop, pray for me. But my wife has this joke where she calls me a Splenda Daddy. What's a Splenda, a Splenda Daddy? A Splenda Daddy is basically a sugar daddy that doesn't have the funds to pull it off. A Splenda Daddy is basically uh, uh, someone who w is maybe very generous or wants to, wants to give a lot 
but doesn't have a lot to give. So she calls me a splendid daddy. And there are gifts that it seems like everybody else wants, right? Everybody wishes they had the, the gift of giving. Everybody's like, man, I wish I could be the biggest giver because that would mean you have the most to give. That's not necessarily true. Remember, Jesus pointed out the woman who gave just the smallest bit amount when they were all giving and everybody else is giving for show. She gives out of what she has, which wasn't a lot. Maybe you have the gift of giving. Maybe when you give, God blesses it more, even if it's less. And so I, I want to talk about this idea of more desirable gifts. Paul says when he's writing to first, the first Corinthians, he's writing to all the Corinthians, not just the first. When he's writing in the letter that we call first Corinthians, he says, now eagerly desire the greater gifts. I don't want us to be confused by this. I don't want us to think that some gifts are better than others necessarily. Uh, then we get into this idea of like celebrityism. What's celebrityism? Celebrityism is where your gifts are, are used or you use your talents and abilities in order to build yourself up. Again, not the purpose of gifts. The gifts are to be used for the building up of the church. So in 1 Corinthians 12, what are we talking about when we're uh, eagerly desiring the greater gifts? Well, here's, here's my question. What is the most important gift? What would you say is the most important gift? Answer, the gift that God gave you. If God gave you a gift, that's the most important gift, the one that He gave you. That's the one you should be focused on using and cultivating and using for the building up of the church and let God go through you, beyond you, for the church in using that gift. So use what God gave you with love and joy. Um, otherwise, you might, you might have to answer this question. Did God make a mistake in giving you that gift? Maybe God gave you a gift and you wanted a different one. Did God make a mistake? And the answer for that is absolutely not. He gave you what was most important for His church. Let's talk about hospitality. Now, all Christians, no matter what your gifts are, all Christians are called to hospitality. But some, when it comes to hospitality, some are Danny, who we learned about a couple weeks ago. Some are Danny, and some are Pastor Greg. Pastor Greg is not shy about this. He talks about this, that uh, he, he would say he probably does not have the gift of hospitality. Pastor Greg has told me that uh, there are times where he'll go, he'll be in a conversation with somebody, and he'll just walk away in the middle of a conversation, just walk off. And the thing is, is in his mind, he's thinking, and he's thinking that, yeah, we just finished a conversation. And, and so he wrapped up the conversation in his mind and he walked away. He's told me about this. So Pastor Greg might not have the gift of hospitality, but someone like Danny absolutely does. Someone like Danny, when you come around him, like when people come to the church and they're visiting the church for the first time, they get Danny. And Danny makes them feel like they're right at home from the very first visit. That's the gift of hospitality. Here's a working definition of hospitality. I sacrifice my preferences for the sake of others. And that is absolutely true of Danny. And in fact, every Christian, even those without this gift, need to be intentional about hospitality. Here's why. People are judging our God based off of their experience with the church. People that come into our church, they're going to judge our God based off of their experience at our church. 
We want to do the best we can to give them the best experience at our church. Now the final one in this category of the care gifts is encourager. So we're going to break this into two categories. When I talk about encourager, we have exhortation and admonition. An exhortation is when you urge someone to do something. This is like, I, I want you to read your Bible, we need to pray, repent, go to church. You're urging someone towards something that's good. An admonition is someone who urges someone to stop doing something. Maybe someone is, I don't know, maybe they're doing something sinful in their behavior. Maybe they have mean speech. Maybe they're a Raiders fan. Something is just not right about these people and you're trying to correct them or urge them to stop being a Raiders fan. Whether you're exhorting them or admonishing them, if you're an encourager, if you have this gift of encouragement, you are, are correcting them or, or encouraging them, you're exhorting them and they are encouraged. So some people you can tell, um, you know, like how bad they are. You could, you could say, you know, man, I, you know, I think you need to stop doing this or I, I got to correct you. For some people, you can do that and, and they will still be encouraged. You have the gift of encouragement. Some of us, if, if you go and, and you're like, hey, I, I, I think you made this one little tiny mistake and they just want to Mr. Miyagi kick you, right? You might not have the gift of encouragement. It might be better for you to not correct someone. Go find the one with the gift of encouragement and let them correct somebody. Now we're going to get into practical gifts. What are practical gifts? So practical gifts fall into this strange category where they're seen as an action, right? And you see up there it's worship, you have the arts, so maybe you have, um, you, you are an artist or um, you are gifted in some way, you could build things, right? So all these things that fall under the arts category, maybe it's giving. And again, I said there's some overlap. Giving we've seen before in the care gifts, but also giving is a practical gift. It's something you do. Prayer, and there are other examples, there are a bunch of examples for, for uh, practical gifts. You need talents and abilities, let's say, to worship, right? You have to have those, but when you use those talents and those abilities, God builds up His church spiritually. When you use a practical gift, it's something that you actually have to have talent and ability of some way to do, but then God builds up the church in a spiritual way and, and everybody uh, grows when you use this talent and ability as a spiritual gift. Again, this makes it tricky to distinguish between talents and gifts or ability and gifts, but for the sake of simplicity, use it all for the glory of God. Let's make it real simple. Whether it's a spiritual gift, a talent, an ability, everything you have is from God. So use it all for the, for the glory of God. Everything that you have comes from the Lord. So use it for His kingdom. I'm going to offer a, a little bit of a warning here. And I just want to let you know, right now, I am trying to scare you. I'm attempting to frighten you right now. So be ready for that. Just imagine huge, thunderous T-Rex steps from Jurassic Park, or uh, if you like Jaws better, cue the Jaws music. Right, so I am trying to scare you. I'm going to tell you a story that Jesus told, and this is the parable of the talents. So I'm going to just go through this quickly. I'm not going to read it all right now. In Matthew 25, Jesus tells a story of a master who invests in three guys. Two of those guys that this master invests in, 
they have been given an investment and they build on that investment. They take what this master gave them and they build on that investment so that when the master returns, they are able to give back more than what the master gave them. One of those guys does absolutely nothing with that investment. One of those guys, when the master returns, he digs this investment out of the ground and he returns it into the master. And here's what the master says around, about this guy. For to everyone who has, more will be given. And he who ha will have an abundance, I just read that so weird without the period. Let's try it with the period. So for everyone who has, more will be given, and he uh, who will have, he will have in abundance. So if you've been given, let's say uh, an investment, then you will be given more. But from the one who has not, this third person I talked about, even what he had, it will be taken away. And then this is the scary part. And cast this worthless servant into outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. If God invests in you, it's with the expectation that he's going to get a return on that investment. So am I scaring you? <laughs> Good, because you should be. Use what God has given you for the good of his church. God has invested in you. God has given you talents, abilities, and spiritual gifts for service. God wants a return on his investment. We're called to do that. So here's the application. In Ephesians 4 verses 11 and 12, Paul writing to the Ephesians says this, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers, those are offices. Christ gave these offices, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers, offices, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Notice who is given the works of service. God's people, the church, not the office. It's the office job. So Pastor Greg's job is to equip us to use our gifts for works of service. It is our job then to get equipped so that we can use our gifts for works of service. Works of service belongs to whom? Us, his people, the church. The role of the pastor, again, is to equip us for those works of service. It's not the role of the pastor to show mercy, have hospitality, be an encouragement, give, lead, do administration. He can't do all those things. We're a body. We are one body and we all come together in order to be the church, each one of us with our own unique gifts. So don't just go to church, be the church. Don't just go to church, be the church. Just like I said with C.S. Lewis, he realized the importance of his role uh, and the role of his friend, really, uh, his friend A. He, he realized the importance of friend A that died, and that impacted his relationship with friend B. In the same way, your impact here as the church is important. You make an impact here. Your role is vital. It's important here at the church. You are the church. So don't just go to church. Be the church. Use your gifts. God has invested in you. Serve your God by serving your church.
God bless you all. I hope you learned something new today. And I hope that you would take what I'm saying, be frightened a little bit, but most importantly, be the church. Use your gifts. God bless you. When I first came to, uh, to Olive Branch, uh, I, I became the children's uh, worship director for quite a while and I led kids, taught kids how to play music. Um, and that has been uh, one of the times when I really, really felt like God was just, just using me because I've seen those kids grow. It's been, it's been 10 years plus and some of them are playing it. Uh, at, some are on our, they're on our team, some are at, at other churches' teams, some of them are actually playing professionally. When we, when we used to do the big VBSs every, every summer, um, I was one of the guys that was set up doing set design. And I didn't know anything about set design, but I know how to build things. But there was times when, when I did things that I know, I know it kind of irritated Brian because he would come in. I, I think of the time when we built Mount Everest and Brian came in and the whole sanctuary was full of styrofoam. <laughs> he wasn't thrilled. I, 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 I've done James Project stuff, I've done, uh, I've done children's, I've done adult uh, worship ministry, I've, I've done so many, many different things around the church and, and every time it was somebody asked and I said, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll try that. If you, if you look at everything that you do in life as, as a gift from God and then just listen for what, because you're going to get asked at some point, you're going to get asked. And then just be bold enough to say, okay, I can do that. Even if you're not sure, every, everything that you have is a gift. And then just listen. Listen for the need. Um, and when, when somebody expresses that there's something needed, whether it's, whether it's for the church, whether it's for an individual, it might be one of your neighbors, it might be something in your community. Um, look at that as a calling of the Spirit. You know, you're being asked to, to use your gifts. Get out there and do it. That's what God wants, wants from us. Just get out there and do it. You know, Don really has used his gifts in many ways. Doing music on the worship team, building sets for VBS. Him and his wife, Sherry, have, have led marriage classes to help couples. And, and also, they also are involved in premarital counseling, helping young couples prepare for marriage. He has been asked to use his gifts in many ways, and we are so appreciative to both him and Sherry. Um, but I love that statement that he made, that you know, if you're around long enough, you probably will be asked. And you probably will be asked, I will say that. But it's a great opportunity to use your gifts, to, to use your gifts for the kingdom of God, right? But also, it's a great opportunity to build community and build relationships here on campus. And I'm just gonna throw out a quick ask. I'm going to throw out a quick ask to you because we need volunteers for Easter. We need volunteers for Easter. As you know, we're not doing Easter services here on the main campus. We're going to be doing them on our property across the street from Tom's Farm. And we'll be doing a sunrise service at 6.30. We'll be doing a 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock. And we do need volunteers. So if you would, just text the word Easter to 951-382-5111. Fill out that form of where you would like to serve. We'll be in touch and get you connected, all right? Thank you guys for joining us. And I encourage you to share this message on Facebook or YouTube or, or even from our webpage. And get ready to invite people to Easter service, all right? Have a